how many of y'all remember the first time you experienced the joy of the Lord? The first time I experienced the joy of the Lord was in July of 1989. And I experienced the joy of the Lord for the, for the first time because I had been putting my trust in people, in things, and achievements, and I'd come to the end of myself and trying to find life and fulfillment in earthly things. And I cried out to God one night on my futon. And uh, I experienced the love of God for the first time in my life. And my tears turned to joy. And it's not lost on me that joy is rooted in love. And when, when Paul writes to the church in Galatia and he talks about the fruit of Jesus' presence in our lives, it starts with love, and following love is joy. When was the first time, because of God's love in Christ, that you experienced joy, real joy, not happiness, but joy? Because this is really the heart of the gospel. When God thought of you, before the foundations of the earth. It was a joyful thought for God. And God created you in his image and likeness so that you could have a relationship with him and that because he created us to be like him, we could have a relationship with one another like he has with us. And you were not only a happy thought, you were not only created in God's image and likeness, but when God created you in his image and likeness, out of love, for love, he said it's very good. You give God joy. And that joy is a result of being in a loving relationship with him. It's what uh, Jesus says in one of his greatest teachings, one of his greatest sermons in Matthew 5, 6, and 7, he stands up on the side of a hill and he talks about the importance of that relationship. That true life, that true joy doesn't come from earthly possessions. It doesn't come from striving and trying to keep that relationship with God in and of yourself. It doesn't come from panicking about things and trying to connect the dots and making things fit together. It doesn't come from position. It doesn't come from worldly power. It comes from trusting in the Father's love and the joy that we have being in relationship with the Father through Jesus Christ. Jesus will go on to share this he, in, in uh, the night that he was handed over to suffering and death. In John 15, he talks about um, how he is with us, that he is connected to us, that he'll never let go of us, and that we are in him and we can't be separated from him, that he abides in us and we abide in him. And in John 15, 11, he says, all of these things I have come to give you, all of these things I have taught you, so that my joy may be in you, so that your joy may be complete or full or overflowing. And he also teaches that whenever we come to the Father, whenever anyone comes to the Father in Christ, that there is so much joy for us, but there's also so much joy in heaven. So joy is the fruit of love 
because of who Christ is and what he has done for us and all that we have in him, all the resources we have in him that the Father loves to pour out on us from heaven. You know that second slide on, uh, on Philippians? Um, as, as we look at Philippians this summer, um, it's interesting because it's Paul writing to uh, this church in Philippi that, that he started with the help um, of a person of peace named Lydia and several women that he actually meets down by the river um, and shares the gospel. They hear, they all get baptized, and they start this church in Philippi. But what we know about Paul is not only that he starts this church, but um, between the time that he writes a letter to the Philippians and he started the church, we know that he's gone through a lot of struggles and a lot of suffering. We see this in 2 Corinthians 11 and 12. He's been uh, beaten physically. Uh, He's been uh, jailed. He's been uh, shipwrecked. He's been um, through all sorts of difficulties and hardships. And yet, as he sits in prison, literally chained in Rome, he writes this letter, and in this letter to the Philippians, who he loves, who he spent time with, who he shared the gospel and his life with, in this letter, even in the midst of chains, in prison, waiting to be executed 19 times, Paul mentions joy or rejoicing or gladness as normative for followers of Jesus. And so he writes this in AD 62. And he explains how to experience the joy of the Lord and keep the devil from robbing us of it. And I want to just give a brief overview um, of of Philippians. And then I'm actually going to read the letter to you. But here's the, the brief over. You want to go to that next slide? Hattie, thank you. Um, in chapter 1, Paul talks about experiencing the joy of the Lord, that it comes from having uh, the best perspective, a right perspective, a kingdom perspective. And what he's trying to share with a lot of integrity based on his circumstances, that instead of focusing on our circumstances and difficulties and getting discouraged, that we maintain joy and we keep the devil from robbing us from joy when instead we focus on Jesus, trusting in him in the midst of what our circumstance is. In chapter 2, Paul describes how we experience the joy of the Lord by having a Christ-like attitude, not by having a grumpy attitude or a worldly attitude, but having a Christ-like attitude that's marked by staying humble, that's marked by looking out for the best interest of others, that's marked by seeking to serve rather than being served just like Jesus. In chapter 3, Paul goes on to say that experiencing the joy of the Lord and keeping the devil from robbing it from us um, is, uh, comes from having a proper attachment to possessions, to things, and seeking God above all else to be the source of our provision. And in chapter 4, Paul talks about experiencing the joy of the Lord coming from casting our burdens on him, primarily through prayer, that we might experience the peace of God. And so I don't know if, uh, if you've ever done this before, but um, in the early church, 
what would happen is, um, since there was no New Testament, right? Um, in the early church, when Paul would write a letter, or when one of the apostles would, would write a letter to the church, God's people in that, that church plant would gather, and the letter would simply be read aloud to them. And uh, so I'm going to read the letter of Philippians to you this morning before we have prayer and healing teams. And I want to encourage you to ask the Holy Spirit to open your heart, to open your mind, that the word would fall on good soil and produce much fruit in your life. And more specifically, as you hear the joy of following Jesus, and you hear some of the things that can rob us of that joy, what is it that you'd like to receive prayer for this morning? Whether it's from a prayer team or with one another, or just silently in your own heart. Paul's letter to the church in Philippi 62 AD, English translation. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Christ Jesus. I'm writing to all of God's holy people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the elders and deacons. May God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ give you grace and peace. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my request for all of you with joy, for you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ from the time you first heard it until now. And I am certain that God, who begun the good work within you, will continue his good work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you, for you have a special place in my heart. You share with me the special favor of God, both in my imprisonment and in my defending and confirming the truth of the good news. God knows how much I love you and long for you with the tender compassion of Christ Jesus. I pray that your love will overflow more and more and that you will keep on growing in knowledge and understanding. For I want you to understand what really matters so that you may live pure and blameless lives until the day of Christ's return. May you always be filled with the fruit of your salvation, the righteous character produced in your life by Jesus Christ, for this will bring such glory and praise to our God. And I want you to know, my dear brothers and sisters, that everything that has happened to me here has helped to spread the good news. For everyone here, including the whole palace guard, knows that I am in chains because of Christ. And because of my imprisonment, most of the believers here have gained confidence and boldly speak God's message without fear. It's true that some are preaching out of jealousy and rivalry, but others preach about Christ with pure motives. They preach because they love me, for they know I have been appointed to defend the good news. Those others do not have pure motives as they preach about Christ, they preach with selfish ambition, not sincerely, intending to make my chains more painful to me. But that doesn't matter. Whether their motives are false or genuine, the message about Christ is being preached either way. So I rejoice, and I will continue to rejoice, for I know that as you pray for me and the Spirit of Jesus Christ helps me, this will lead to my deliverance. 
For I fully expect and hope that I will never be ashamed, but that I will continue to be bold for Christ as I have been in the past. And I trust that my life will bring honor to Christ whether I live or die. For to me, living means living for Christ and dying is even better. But if I live, I can do more fruitful work for Christ. So I really don't know which is better. I'm torn between the two desires. I long to go and be with Christ, which would be far better for me, but for your sakes, it's better that I continue to live. Knowing this, I'm convinced that I will remain alive so I can continue to help all of you grow and experience the joy of your faith. And when I come to you again, you will have even more reason to take pride in Christ Jesus because of what he is doing through me. Above all, you must live as citizens of heaven, conducting yourselves in a manner worthy of the good news of Christ. Then whether I come to see you again or only hear about you, I will know that you are standing together with one spirit and one purpose, fighting together for the faith, which is the good news. <clears throat> Don't be intimidated in any way by your enemies. This will be a sign to them that they are going to be destroyed, but that you are going to be saved, even by God himself. For you have been given not only the privilege of trusting in Christ, but also the privilege of suffering for him. We are in this struggle together. You have seen my struggle in the past, and you know that I am still in the midst of it. Is there any encouragement from belonging to Christ? Any comfort from his love? Any fellowship together in the spirit? Are your hearts tender and compassionate? Then make me truly happy by agreeing wholeheartedly with each other, loving one another, and working together with one mind and purpose. I'm going to ask you, if you're reading along with me, to stop. I just really want you to hear. Hear the word of God. Don't read the word of God as Westerners. Hear the word of God. Let the word of God fall on your ears and sink into your heart. Listen. Listen. Shema. Listen to the word of God. Don't be selfish. Don't try to impress others. Be humble. Thinking of others is better than yourselves. Don't look out only for your own interests, but take an interest in others too. You must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had. Though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up his divine privileges. He took the human, the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. Therefore, God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is God to the glory of God the Father. Dear friends, you always followed my instructions when I was with you. And now that I am away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear. For God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. So do everything without complaining or arguing so that no one can criticize you. 
live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life, pouring it out like a liquid offering to God, just like your faithful service is an offering to God. And I want all of you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice, and I will then share your joy. If the Lord Jesus is willing, I hope to send Timothy to you soon for a visit. Then he can cheer me up by telling me how you were getting along. I have no one else like Timothy who genuinely cares about your welfare. All the others care only for themselves and not for what matters to Jesus Christ. But you know how Timothy has proved himself. Like a son with his father, he has served with me in preaching the good news. I hope to send him to you just as soon as I find out what is, going on, what is going to happen to me here. And I have confidence from the Lord that I myself will come to you soon. Meanwhile, I thought I should send Epaphroditus back to you. He is a true brother, co-worker, and fellow soldier, and he was your messenger to help me in my need. I'm sending him because he has been longing to see you. And he was very distressed that you heard he was ill. And he certainly was ill. In fact, he almost died. But God had mercy on him and also on me so that I would not have one sorrow after another. So I am all the more anxious to send him back to you. For I know you will be glad to see him. And then I will not be so worried about you. Welcome him with Christian love and with great joy and give him the honor that people like him deserve. For he risked his life for the work of Christ and he was at the point of death while doing for me what you couldn't do from far away. Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. And I do it to safeguard your faith. Watch out for those dogs, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say you must be circumcised to be saved. For we who worship by the Spirit of God are the ones who are truly circumcised. We rely on what Christ Jesus has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort, though I could have confidence in my own effort if anyone could. Indeed, if others have reason for confidence in their own efforts, I have even more. I was circumcised when I was eight days old. I am a pure-blood citizen of Israel and a member of the tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. I was a member of the Pharisees who demand the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And as for righteousness, I obeyed the law without fault. I once thought these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done for me. Yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake, I have discarded everything else 
counting it all as garbage so that I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer count on my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through faith in Christ. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on faith. And I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. I don't mean to say that I have already achieved these things or that I have already reached perfection. No, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it, but I focus on this one thing, forgetting the past and looking forward to what lies ahead. I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling us. Let all who are spiritually mature agree on these things. If you disagree on some point, I believe God will make it plain to you. But we must hold on to the progress we have already made. Dear brothers and sisters, pattern your lives after mine and learn from those who follow our example. For I have told you often before, and I say it again with tears in my eyes, that there are many who can, whose conduct shows they are really enemies of the cross of Christ. They are headed for destruction. Their God is their appetite. They brag about shameful things, and they think only about this life here on earth. But we are citizens of heaven, where the Lord Jesus Christ lives. And we are eagerly waiting for him to return as our Savior. And he will take our weak mortal bodies and change them into glorious bodies like his own, using the same power with which he will bring everything under his control. Therefore, my brothers and sisters, stay true to the Lord. I love you and long to see you, dear friends, for you are my joy and the crown I receive for my work. Now I appeal to Judea and Sintiche, please, because you belong to the Lord, settle your disagreement. And I ask you, my, two my true partner, to help these two women for they worked hard with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Always be full of joy in the Lord. I say it again, rejoice. Let everyone see that you are considerate in all you do. Remember the Lord is coming soon. So don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all that he's done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. And his peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ Jesus. And now, dear brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on what is true and honorable and right and pure and lovely and admirable. 
think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Keep putting into practice all you learned and received from me, everything you heard from me and saw me doing. Then the God of peace will be with you. How I praise the Lord that you are concerned about me again. I know you have always been concerned for me, but you didn't have the chance to help me. Not that I was ever in need, for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have. I know how to live on almost nothing or without everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or little. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. Even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. As you know, Philippians, you were the only ones who gave me financial help when I first brought you the good news and then traveled on from Macedonia. No other church did this. Even when I was in Thessalonica, you sent help more than once. I don't say this because I want a gift from you. Rather, I want you to receive a reward for your kindness. At the moment, I have all I need and more. I am generously supplied with the gifts you sent me with Ephroditus, Epaphroditus. They are a sweet-smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and pleasing to God. And this same God who takes care of me will supply all your needs from his glorious riches, which have been given to us in Christ Jesus. Now all glory to God our Father forever and ever. Give my greetings to each of God's holy people, all who belong to Christ Jesus. The brothers who are with me send you their greetings, and all the rest of God's people send you greetings too, especially those in Caesar's household. May the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. The word of the Lord.